स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू टेल मी हाउ यू डेट इट आई एम नम्रता सकारिया एंड आई एम हियर टू ब्रिंग टू यू माई हैंड पिक लिस्ट ऑफ सम ऑफ इंडिया फाइनेस्ट ब्रांड्स यस आर बेस्ट होम ग्रोन कंपनीज that can compete with the world's best and still win the battle hands down these companies range from food fashion and film to home art and design i'm only too happy to talk to the founders who not only chased their rainbows they also made india proud make sure you tune in at htsmartcast.com week after week to shake the hands that built our best businesses listen to them tell me how they did it I'm an avid wine lover so believe me when I tell you that the finest indian wines are made near hampi in karnataka okay don't believe me but believe the small fleet of awards this vineyard has been picking up in fact only last year this winemaker was the first indian one ever to be awarded a spot in the world's top 50 vineyards list i'm talking about krisma a boutique uh winemaker which is singularly changing the face of indian wines globally krisma is a portmanteau of the husband and wife duo its founders krishna prasad and uma jigurupati both of them are here with me today hello and hello and welcome to the show hello Hi. namrata nice being on your show today <laughs> uma you first you are truly a partnership every step of the way you all started your pharmaceuticals firm together you've run marathons across every continent in the world in fact both of you even have a guinness world record for that and you all started this winery together i mean what an amazing ride what an amazing marriage and of course this was an arranged marriage right so tell us about your personal journey <laughs> yeah my personal journey initially i never thought that i'll come to business or something uh, you know i was always into academics and i wanted to pursue uh, phd in uh, soil microbiology uh, wedding happened and uh, uh, i think that memorability helped you know uh, the moment i thought uh, since he's uh, you know starting a a pharmaceutical business i thought you know my involvement will definitely help to take it forward is what i thought and then no regrets so i am into that business and later on you know when the kids were born we have a, you know a son and twin daughters uh, after uh, you know few years in the business uh, at that juncture my involvement with kids was uh, you know definitely very much required at that time i took sabbatical and afterwards when the kids were grown up little bit again i got into the business and then krisma happened so it is like i was never stubborn of what i have to do but whenever i had taken up something i had given my 100% and you even who who started running the marathons who started running actually both of us together tell us about how you ran where you ran seven continents all the different countries so this will become a little long story uh, you know we were never athletes 
uh, it is all happened uh, of course we are always fit and uh, leading very active lifestyle uh, in 2003 the first 10k run was started in hyderabad at that juncture we thought okay you know if at that time marathon culture or running culture was not there much in india it's in 2003 actually mumbai marathon also started uh, you know 2004 december uh, january so we thought okay let us run it will set a good example for our employees uh, you know if uh, the chairman and the managing director and the director if they do that you know it will be inculcating good uh, uh, healthy habits in their life we thought of that and yes we practiced and uh, we did our 10 first nk run at that time i was so elated i thought okay i am on top of the world but that adrenaline rush you know it's like so good and we started enjoying running it became half marathons and the half marathons became full marathon and i have to give you a little story how the half marathons around the world what we are doing uh, you know graduated into full marathons because in france there is a wine marathon which was happening and that's a full marathon so till then we were doing only half marathons and we thought okay we have to do this so we practiced and we did the our first full marathon is in medoc medoc marathon it's a, you know running through the wineries and uh, have a sip of wine whenever or wherever you want it's a fun marathon but you have to complete in stipulated time uh, so that slowly we started enjoying the full marathons and uh, uh, doing all around the world and later on once we had seen someone celebrating a seven continent run that man was running from past i think 10 years or whatever it is so then that idea of uh, you know running in all seven continents had come up and instead of doing uh, you know at uh, more intervals or something like that so we have done one marathon in one month so and we chose all extreme marathons because we love being in nature being in you know those kind of uh, uh, in the middle of nowhere so we chose running extreme marathons in 2010 it had happened and in 7 months we have completed uh, uh, you know doing seven uh, marathons and uh, in that four of them are extreme marathons and ended up with antarctica um, and where we never even went into snow before going. and there no vineyards there to lure you either <laughs> <laughs> so so that is how it happened and of course later on in 2000 this thing we have done in 7 days seven continents that's a different thing as of to both of you <laughs> krishna if if i may ask you why hampi what are the challenges of growing wine here i actually was always thinking like uh, just to take a little bit of the background uh, wine has been a passion for me right from my childhood and uh, i used to make wine when i was in college and when i started my business also initially i was making some wine and uh, distributing it to friends and i got busy with wine and then uh, with my business and then later on wine took a back seat but again uh, my business uh, started taking me on travels across different countries and then i started visiting various vineyards tasting good wine for dinners and then i realized my god wow, what lovely wine i was making in the past <laughs> so <laughs> so i said now i have to make some good wine now uh, which will uh, match uh, international standards and whatever i do or i did in my business or anything i do i try to excel 
do something different than what others do. Uh, so in my business, when we started uh, making some uh, bulk drugs initially, the first target was the US, not India. I straight went into the US where no India, no Indian company was selling in the US. After selling in the US, I proved that the quality is acceptable. It's uh, we demonstrated our capability, ability. Then I came to India. So th that is how I used to work. So even uh, on wine, I thought maybe I should start uh, making a name for the wine uh, in the US and other countries first. And then it gets acceptance and recognition everywhere. Hampi, where your vineyard yeah. so, stands today, was completely arid and you've turned it, you know, you've grown a sustainable forest around it. You've built this beautiful vineyard. You know, you uh, started water harvesting, irrigation. I know you even have cows walking through the vineyards just to keep the soil active. So tell us about what it took you from going to a complete hostile sort of an environment to this lush space. Okay, the first thing was, uh, I never thought I will set up a vineyard in India. I was thinking of setting up a vineyard somewhere in uh, Tuscany. So one day on a trip to uh, Humpy area, I saw a farmer trying to grow some uh, wine grapes. And he had some crazy idea. He just planted some cab and uh, Syrah. So I saw that and somehow something told me. And you know, Tuscany and uh, the soils of Humpy are somewhat similar. So instead of going to Tuscany, I said, maybe we should do something here. And uh, Uma was trying to uh, prevent me from going to Tuscany. So she said, no, 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 we should do it here. I'll take care of everything. And you know, <laughs> then the whole thing started. Uh, then we realized that the environment is very, very hostile. It's dry, no water, and the soil uh, nutrition is very bad. But we started getting good uh, fruit. Uh, but then after a while, we had uh, droughts and no water. So some of the plots we had, we had to pull out, uh, kept very limited quantity. Then we realized we have to make this sustainable. So we went into you know, different uh, methods of uh, uh, sustainability. We went into water harvesting. We built dams. We don't let a drop of water go out of our vineyard. We trap everything, store it, and also uh, deficient irrigation practices so much we had to do. And uh, and finally, it turned out that uh, we are getting into sustainability, biodynamics. And part of it is uh, all the cows. We don't use any fertilizers. We don't use any pesticides. And uh, we are now approaching a phase where we are going to have a no till, no plow policy. And we've already started doing that with some plots. So in future, we won't even use a tractor for plowing and everything is going to be natural. So it's worked out well and so glad that now we could increase the volume a little bit stage-wise and the fruit quality also with this type of farming is improving a lot. That's fantastic. Uma, I've heard that you taste all the fruit yourself and you say that the best fertilizer is the owner's footprints in the vineyards. Tell us exactly what you do and how hands-on you are with the process of growing it. Yes, I, whenever I visit the vineyard, especially during the, you know, fruiting and harvest time, I go through almost every row. You know, uh, earlier one uh, winemaker used to say that he used to measure and all, 
it's like doing two full marathons if you do in the morning and evening together and complete all the rows. <laughs> he used to calculate the length of the rows and all. Anyhow, you know, we analysis the fruit and all. Uh, that is different thing, but nothing like the palate. The palate will give you the right idea of, uh, you know, the acids and the balance of sugar and the maturity of the fruit. I think by tasting, you will understand how long you may have to wait to harvest and, you know, what kind of wine you are going to get, you know, how acidic the fruit is, whether the sugars and all are, you know, whether uh, uh, enough of tannins are there. I think all these things over a period of time, you know, you will understand your vineyard very well. You will understand which, uh, uh, you know, particular patch is going to, uh, you know, come into the maturity first. When is the right time to harvest? You will learn over a period of time. You know, you will understand the plant very well. You will understand the fruit very well. And of course, you understand the soil very well and uh, you can do accordingly. That's what that's, I do. That's amazing. So you entirely judge it personally by your own palate. Yes. <laughs> Krishna, you were telling me that, uh, you know, you didn't intend to sell wine. You just developed this vineyard for your personal consumption. I mean, how luxurious is that? Like, what a privilege. But we all definitely want your wine. So why don't you produce enough? Why is Chrisma uh, made in such small quantities? And why is it available only in Karnataka and Goa and then exports, right? And Amrita, it's first of all a, 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 an experimental journey to start with. We wanted to see what quality of wine we could produce. And of course, when you have a vineyard, you can't drink it all or not neither give it to your friends. Uh, so we had to sell and we were selling in just Bangalore. And immediately after two months or three months of sales in Bangalore, we went into New York as usual, my usual journey. And we got a very good reception in New York. And uh, in fact, the Sauvignon Blanc sold out uh, in three months and we didn't have any more. So we had to wait till the next harvest. So the cab was well accepted. And also we wanted to demonstrate Indian wines are no less. So we priced it at $50 for the cab and it really people responded well. So that, that's how that started. And then, of course, the whole problem is, like I said, we didn't have enough stock in New York for Sauvignon Blanc, it ran out. So there's no point in trying to get into more geographies or more uh, areas. So we went slow and we thought we will expand the vineyard slowly. But then my priority, while uh, this is a passion, when it comes to business, I need to focus my energies somewhere else too. So I'm just trying to balance both. And now the sustainability journey has started. Now with, uh, now we are in a position where we can uh, expand the vineyard a little bit more. And also the yields of the current uh, plots are also increasing uh, along with quality. So we will be having more fruit as we go by. And definitely uh, we will get into uh, a few more cities in India, maybe Mumbai. Uh, I think that's where you live. Maybe it'll be available right. <laughs> maybe in a few, maybe a year or so. Well, we can hardly wait. Uh, but Uma, I want to ask you, because you've been doing all the first tastings yourself, a Prisma grows a Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon, Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, um, the Sangiovese. What do you feel is best suited? Which grape do you think is best suited to the Indian terroir? Uma. 
I don't want to talk about Indian teruva because I wanted to talk about the you know our teruva, uh, the Hampi Hills, Cabernet and uh, Sauvignon Blanc is doing extremely well, especially the Cabernet. You know there is no greenness. Of course, you know we are taking all the precautions to harvest at the right time and all, uh, but it suited uh, for uh, the Cabernet very well. That I can tell. Then comes. Sanyubla and then Sira. Unfortunately, that area is, uh, you know, the climate is not suited for uh, Chardonnay and also for Sangiovese. With, uh, you know, heavy heart, we have to remove our Sangiovese and Chardonnay. Actually, Chardonnay, you know, it got so many awards and all. Um, and even our Sangiovese was very well received. Uh, you know, but it could not uh, sustain to the, you know, when the drought was hit and all. Uh, so right now we have uh, three varietals there, um, Cabernet, Syrah and Sanyabla. Again, we are trying out Sanjivisi, Ms. Prasad, uh, you know, could not, uh, you know, leave it over there. There is an experimental uh, plot. We are uh, seeing how it is going to do. You know, it is all very long process, you know. Within a year or so, we will not never get uh, the result. Yeah, you know, we have to wait for the plant's maturity for the fruit. That takes uh, four, four years time or three years time, and again, you know, taking the fruit, making the wine, looking at the wine's quality. If you start an experimenting today, it'll take minimum five years to get the result. That's why That's they lot of comparison between marathon running and uh, grape growing, <laughs> wine grape growing. But you're absolutely right about the Chardonnay because even the Nasik vineyards, which, you know, are mostly produced for mass consumption, I mean, they make terrible Chardonnay. So is it the Indian soil that's not suited? Uh, Chardonnay in general, it needs a cooler atmosphere. Um, and it, uh, it is prone to a lot of fungal diseases also. You know, if it is too humid, you know, naturally because of the pests and, uh, you know, fungus, lot of fungicides and pesticides people may spray, because of that, the quality of the fruit may be affecting. Um, so, and, and one more thing is little higher altitude and the cooler climate is uh, another thing which is needed for Chardonnay. Uh, we thought that we will be having an advantage of, uh, you know, because of rainfall is very little, we may not get that kind of fungal diseases or pests. But majorly because of the, you know, the temperatures, more than the temperature, the drought and, uh, you know, the alkalinity of the water, it affected, uh, you know, Chardonnay. That's why we have to forego that. Krishna, the biggest success story you all have had. Prisma has had has been the Cabernet Sauvignon. This is um, amongst the most popular grapes in the world. And again, I'm going to tell you, I don't think many Indian winemakers have got, uh, you know, the Cabernet Sauvignon right. But you all have the right expression in this fabulous grape. So tell me, what are the reasons that worked in your favor? First of all, Namrata, let me add, uh, Cabernet is the king of wine. Okay. okay, there's nothing comparable, whatever people may say. So, and uh, it's a passion. I love Cabernet. I thought I have to make it here. So I didn't even check which suits, which varietal will suit the soil. I said, I'm going to grow Cabernet. 
So we so went. How, how did you do it? How did you get it right? Because everybody in India grows a cabernet, but none of them have. Uh, it, it's just not as full. It's not as delicious. It doesn't have that finish. Actually, when I started, it was I. I wanted to do it, and I did it. And I didn't even know whether we will succeed. We took a chance, and it worked out. The soils are uh, suitable for cabernet. uh and also some of the practices we do also makes uh, i mean th- there are a few little tricks in what we do and that really helps us and but basically let me tell you uh we are viticulturists not wine makers you grow good fruit and the fruit takes care of the wine so all the practices we do in the vineyard help and just to add even the uh chardonnay i can tell you in 4 years you will see chardonnay in the market again uh, i'm not going to give up the soils were alkaline there was drought we corrected the drought we have water now and soils also we collect we corrected now the alkalinity has come down in the soils and uh, i i think it's going to be next year uh, around uh, july august we're going to graft some chardonnay and 2 years after that the first lot which may not be the greatest will come out so we're going to do that but cab is the uh amen the mainstay of uh, krishma and cab will always be our best wine so if i were to ask you which has been the most challenging wine what would you say the chardonnay Ch- the sangiovese what has been the hardest to grow in india it's chardonnay like uma was saying uh, man the fungal diseases and many other issues there but basically it was more the water and the alkalinity that really added up and subsoil water was alkaline now that we harvest rain water there's no alkalinity in it the soil also is corrected with a lot of uh, sustainability practices so uh, it was the most challenging but i think going forward it should be fine and we will do what we are doing to cab to chardonnay also a few a few little things here and there in the vineyard practices and we should get it right I have another question for you. Krishna recommends that you let their wines, especially their red wines, sit in the bottle for a few years before you consume them. But this trend is on the wane the world over because people like to buy a bottle and drink it immediately. Also in India, you know, we don't have I mean, most of us don't have the sort of weather conditions where we can store wine. Um what are your thoughts on this? first of all even the world over when people of course an average wine drinker just buys and drinks the wine in absolutely a day or a few hours yeah uh, but good wine the world over definitely has to age of course uh, a bordeaux may take 10 years or 15 years a napa may take 5 years or 7 years but still you need aging and definitely krishma also the I man is like a napa type of aging it doesn't need 14 years 10 years 5 6 years is good enough we know if we release the wine nobody is going to age it they're going to drink it straight and we don't want people to experience uh, immature wine we need wine to mature and uh, so what we do is we age for 2 years in the barrel we started with uh, 12 months then we went to 15 now it's 2 years 2 years in the barrel we use fine grain oak very fine grain so there's a lot the two years really helps and uh, then we age it in the bottle for two or three years before releasing it 
So it's at least five years before we release a bottle. We keep a lot of stock with us under very good uh, storage conditions. Unfortunately, when it goes out to the market, uh, we release in small lots. We don't want wine to be uh, stored in improper conditions in the shops and in the depots. So we'll so we try to make sure people drink it as or buy it as early as possible. Do you think the Indian consumer is ready to age wine? Some people do. The highly affluent people they are learning. Everybody is buying a wine cooler nowadays, and uh, yeah, they are doing it. It's a matter of time. Good wine people are learning to appreciate, and they are aging it. And one thing I've seen is Christmas. Five years we take to release it. but when we taste our 12s and uh, 14s and all they're so great you know they there's so much potential actually i would age it for 10 years before drinking it my god but you know you were talking about uh, aging it in the oak barrels and i think that your red wines the very limited quantity that i've had have the most beautiful structure so how much oak do you use because the world over also wines are becoming a little less oaky a lot more elegant in their styles how do you do it uh, first of all uh, we don't want to make oaky wines we want to make elegant wines so uh, how do you ensure that elegance remains it, it's the type of oak you use you use um, i mean uh, loose grain oak then a lot of uh, i would say immature oak our oak we use is 36 months outside in the environment the staves and then they make barrels out of it it goes through rain and snow and heat so all the uh, aggressive tannins are washed out so the quality of the wood is what really defines uh, uh, the elegance that what gives the elegance and we use the best quality oak we define our forest from which our oak comes and the trees the wood we use is from at least 100 year old trees Uma, may i ask you uh, i just wanted to you know say yes, one thing yes of course team you know balance the right you know 35% of new oak you know each time depends upon the uh, you know texture of the wine and the tannins of the wine we now we got experience of almost 10 years so we know you know how much of new oak and how much of old oak to use that's how we we will be able to balance and uh, we make sure the uh, oak i mean the wine will be little fruit forward not too oaky Okay, but you're also developing the vineyard. I know you're building a tasting room, Oma. You're building guest rooms. Uh, tell us how that is going. I think that particular thing. Let him uh, answer. Mr. Prasad will answer. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Because we have started that uh, about four years back, and due to the very bad weather conditions, you know, we just uh, held that. Now we thought this is the time. You know. and then more ideas let it let it come from yes krishna prasad <laughs> tell us your plans it's always uh, been been a, a bit of a dream to have something nice there fantastic tasting room and also some nice uh, living areas for us and for friends and guests to come in so we wanted to do it unfortunately when drought hit us everything took a back seat then we wanted to make sure the vineyard is in good shape before we do that having a fantastic tasting room and not a great vineyard is not going to help us so we have almost achieved it the target is almost uh, there so i think this year we are starting we have the plans ready drawn up long ago and uh, maybe within 12 months to 15 months we'll have something ready there 
That's great. Uma, I want to tell you, he's already invited me there. He says, you know, I'm very simple. All I need is a room with air conditioning and I'm happy. I said, Trishna Prasad, sir, I don't even need air conditioning. All I need is your wine. So I'm coming. Come on. <laughs> I can tell uh, you, Namrata, the vi- yeah. visitor vineyard is a greatest experience uh, anybody can have uh, because no vineyard allows you taste wines yeah. of all vintages at one go. Yeah. We do that. for uh, yeah. Not everybody, for friends and, you know. And uh, that's a great experience. And we also do barrel tastings. We show people the same plot of land, the effect of different barrels. Once used barrel, twice used barrel, tight grained barrel, loose grained barrel. We ex- let them experience that. So that, that's something, you, that experience nobody could get anywhere. And they're also such beautiful spaces, right? I told you, I, I took my three-year-old son when he was three then, up and down France, you know, tasting wines, just Chateau Neuf du Pape looks like a Disney film, you know, it's beautiful. And then obviously when my boy was six and I was telling you, we went to the, the Napa Valley and uh, we went to the vineyard where Brad and Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie got married. And of course, Virat Kohli and Anushka Sharma also picked a vineyard in Tuscany to get married. So they're also very beautiful and very romantic places. Humpy wedding soon. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we wanted to get our daughter married there. But maybe the next daughter, maybe. <laughs> Why not? Why not? But can we can we see Christmas scaling up for mass production anytime in the future? Christmas will never be mass production. It will always be a boutique winery making the best wines. There could be a second label where we are now trying to sort out uh, the barrels and uh, the best wine out of the barrel that will go to the main label. And just like the Bordeaux vineyards, we'll have a second label, uh, which quality will be good, uh, but definitely no mass wine production in Christmas. That's a pity. Oma, I want to ask you, how involved are your children in the winemaking process, in the vineyards? Um, you said you had three children, and I know one of them grows vodka in the US. Uh, now he's working in granules. Okay. Of course. That's your pharmaceutical company, of course. Uh, so, yeah, we have three kids. Uh, uh, actually, son and one daughter is involved in our pharmaceutical uh, business, that is granules. And the other daughter is a breast oncology surgeon. So, yeah, right now, you know, I feel uh, they should be serious with their career because in the initial days of the career, you have to give your 100%. Otherwise, in this competitive world, you are nowhere. I think, um, you know, that is what we have done during our, uh, you know, earlier days. That's why even though Mr. Prasad has that passion of winemaking and all, um, you know, he did not pursue. I think for an entrepreneur or any for any other profession, unless you give your 100%, you have to sleep, you have to drink, and you have to dream about that. Um, you know, uh, actually, my daughter, uh, Priyanka, she was, you know, so little interest, and she wanted to come into the marketing and all. I said, you are doing something, you know, give your 100%, you know, be successful there. Then maybe, you know, afterwards you can look into Right now, they will just enjoy the wine. Uh, and maybe they may give some little bit of, uh, you know, 
um, marketing tips or something like that because she is really interested in the social media and other aspects. Uh, but no, they are not involved in the wine making or viticulture right now. If I, I were to ask you, Uma, which was your favorite wine, which was your favorite grape, what would you say? Um, both Sauvignon Blanc and uh, you know Cabernet, because on a Sunday afternoon, if I just wanted to have a you know glass of wine, I definitely think of Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, and you know, on an evening when I'm sitting with you know for dinner along with the dinner, if I wanted to have, definitely I would think of a Cabernet. So now, of course, once in a while, Sira also. So I can't really say, okay, this is my, you know, it depends upon when I'm having, uh, you know, what weather uh, condition. Yeah. yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Krishna Prasad, which is your favorite grape, your favorite wine? Obviously a cab. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you just ask me uh, on the lighter wines, uh, I like the Provence Rosés. Yeah, they're great. Well, I can't wait to have a glass of wine with both of you. So please have your uh, tasting room ready, your guest room is ready because my bags are packed. You don't need an AC also, Namrata. I don't so need it's an okay. AC. You can hop you can come in anytime. <laughs> I look forward to it and thank you both, Krishna Prasad and Uma, for taking the time out together and sharing with us. It's been wonderful meeting you too unfortunately, over over a Zoom call right now, but soon. Thank One you, Namrata. I'm talking to Look you. forward to seeing you in the vineyard. <laughs> yeah. Right now, the whole world is virtual, it begins. And uh, let us hope soon it will come back to the normalcy and definitely we will meet at the vineyard. Thank you and good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Namrata. If you enjoyed the show or not, Write to me on Instagram, Twitter, or Clubhouse at Namrata Sitara. You can catch the video podcast on the Lifelink channel on YouTube. For updates on Tell Me How You Did It, follow us at HT Smartcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse. To listen to more podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com or suno nai nazariye se. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.